What's going on guys, Rebel JC here, and this week leading up to Christmas, I'm going to be releasing some uh, older episodes of Dig Straight Down, just so that I can take a break from recording and just uh, enjoy being with my family over the Christmas. Um, So I hope you guys enjoy these podcasts. There is going to be some outdated information in these episodes, but uh, I think that they are still pretty entertaining and have a lot of good ideas in them. So hope you enjoy these older episodes, and I'll see you after Christmas. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 11 of Dig Straight Down with me, your host, Rebel JC. Last week, we kicked off a short series about a possible in-dimension update, and I gotta tell you all, I am so pumped to explore these ideas. To kick this off, we're gonna talk about the Ender Dragon battle, the first thing that the player encounters in the end. Right now, there are two stages to the dragon battle. First, the player stays at a safe distance from the dragon while taking out the crystals. And last, the player keeps attacking the helpless dragon until her health runs out. I believe that the battle could benefit from having better stages of fight. So for this hypothetical update, let's divide this fight into three stages. The first stage, as usual, is all about taking out the end crystals. This stage will be very similar to the current battle, except now there are no endermen. It is just the player and the dragon. The player attempts to destroy the crystals while the dragon circles overhead and protects them by shooting dragon's breath at the player near a pillar. In this battle, all the end crystals have cages around them, so it is far more difficult to destroy them from a distance. Once the crystals are all destroyed, we enter the second stage. This is where things get different. In the second stage, the dragon goes on a furious offensive. Her regeneration gone, she begins to phase through the terrain, sort of swimming through the endstone and breaching like a whale to attack the players. The Endermen finally spawn in and attack the dragon, although they can't kill it on their own. Having the Endermen only spawn in when the dragon is weakened gives the idea that they were being oppressed by the dragon and you're freeing them, as the achievement Free the End suggests. This stage would be particularly challenging even in a multiplayer game. The dragon would be effectively invulnerable when phasing through the terrain, and the player would have to try to attack her when she emerges. This would involve trying to follow the dragon's movements and trying to predict where she would emerge. During all this, the dragon is also targeting the player, so there would be a great deal of dodging and jumping out of the way to avoid her attacks. I also really love the idea of the dragon teleporting to random areas of the island, just to add to the chaos and challenge. Once the dragon is down to a third of her health, the third and final stage begins. In this stage, the dragon loses her ability to fly. She perches on top of the inactive portal and surrounds herself with dragon's breath. She is immune to arrows and other projectiles. The easiest way to get past the cloud of dragon's breath is by enderpearling to her. This is when the battle becomes most dangerous because the dragon will continue to shoot fireballs and throw the player into the air. The player will have to continue to use the pearls to get back into the fight. The player will not be able to attack the dragon from behind for long periods of time because she will turn to face the player. After a long and challenging battle, the dragon is finally killed, and the battle ends with the usual disintegration of the dragon and shower of experience. These are just my ideas about how the Ender Dragon battle could be improved, but I would love to hear your suggestions. As always, you can shoot me a message at digstraightdowncast at gmail.com. Now that we successfully slain the Ender Dragon, let's go and explore what the updated end biomes would look like. In the current version of Java Minecraft, there are five biomes in the end but they are so similar to each other that in the Bedrock version of the game, they are considered to be one biome. This is probably the biggest issue with the end, and the part that really needs the update the most. 
So let's start with the central island of the end and explore outwards. I personally really like the idea of the central island being a unique biome that is not found anywhere else in the end. This island is a stage for the battle with the dragon as well as a hub for exploring the rest of the dimension, so it should be a unique place. I think it would be really cool to lean into the lore of the end and make the central island into a large ruined temple complex. This structure would be very simple and open to the sky so as to not offer too much protection against the effect of the dragon's breath. The key features of the ruins would be the portal back to the overworld, the spawning platform, and the obsidian pillars. One of the things that bugs me the most about the central island is that the spawning platform is often generated several blocks over the void or even inside the terrain. I think it would be better if the platform generated as part of a larger structure and in a predictable location. And the same goes for the end gateways to the rest of the dimension. I would love for these to be redesigned and built out of a more interesting block than bedrocks. Maybe a variation of end portal frames. Moving on from the central island, the rest of the islands in the end currently all look exactly alike, except for some variation in size. In Java, there are five biomes that have very little difference between them. So how can we take these biomes and improve them? What if one of these biomes provided a new kind of liquid? Let's jump through the end gate and visit the temporal marshes. This new biome would have terrain similar to swamps found in the overworld, with chorus plants instead of trees and purple end grass instead of the green grass we are all used to. Instead of water, these marshes would be soggy with a liquid called Vortal Flow. This liquid will behave just like water, but be careful when you step in it. Vortal Flow teleports any entities that touch it to a random location up to three blocks away. Taking a dip in this purple flow could buy you a one-way ticket to the void. This mechanic could be used for mini-games, mob farms, and even secret entrances. The temporal marshes are also home to curious new plants called shadow lilies. These lilies appear similar to lily pads from the overworld, but grow upwards into the air on a thin stem. Entities would be able to stand on the tops of these, which could make these plants useful in many different ways. So let's wipe off our boots and take to the upper limits of the end, where we find the Shattered Islands. These islands spawn higher in the world than the others, and are tall with steep cliffs and high points, like floating mountains. There isn't much living on these craggy islands, but underneath their foreboding exteriors are new ores and minerals just waiting to be mined. If you have any ideas for new ores for the end, just send me a message and let me know. But for now, let's glide back down the y-axis and land carefully in the Shulker Plains. As the name suggests, this is not a very safe place for the unwary explorer. The Shulker Plains are large, flat-topped grassy islands with shulkers hiding in the vegetation. This island offers a bounty of end grass, which is simply light purple grass that drops purple end grass seeds, as well as a few more interesting plants. Be sure to stock up on Dragon Spice, a tall yellow flowering plant that can be combined with certain types of food to make it spicy. When eaten, spicy food grants the player a short boost of strength. Similarly, you might want to grab some Tanglement, which you can use to make minty food. Minty food will give you a speed boost, which will be useful when dodging shulker bullets. Perhaps the most useful plant in the shulker plains are crawling roots. These roots grow horizontally along the ground, but have a tendency to poke over the edge of their island and grow over the void. Crawling roots can be planted and bone-milled over the edge of an island to bridge across the void to the next island, which is handy if you don't have elytra or enderpearls. But make sure you sneak across, otherwise you'll fall through into the void. So let's carefully bridge across to the next island, which is a bit more pleasant. This is the Resonant Forest Biome 
a beautiful forest with vibrant trees and a hauntingly musical atmosphere, as if the plants were humming. This is where you can harvest wood in the end, and we have a couple of cool trees to choose from. First, there are the discord trees, tall and large, with void-colored trunks and purple leaves. This tree, while beautiful, has the feeling of being affected by the power of the void. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you prefer happier lumber, there are the harmony trees. These are smaller than the discord trees, with smooth white trunks and pale yellow leaves. For the next and final biome, we'll need to break rule number one of Minecraft and dig straight down. Or, if you're even more adventurous, you could take your elytra and dive around to the bottom of the island, because that's where we'll find the hanging gardens. The hanging garden islands are completely barren up top, but down below, they are full of plants that do not fear the darkness of the void, and stand out from it with bright, vibrant colors. If you need to hold on to something for balance, the luminous vines are here to help. These purple vines grow from the bottom of their island and emit a varying amount of light depending on how long they are. The best part is, these vines can be climbed on, so you can go back to the top if you get too dizzy. Forgot to bring your coral blocks from the overworld? Don't worry, barnacles grow in the hanging gardens. These colorful organic blocks look much like coral, but don't require water to stay colorful. However, they don't like to be transplanted, so you'll have a hard time mining them. Dominating this upside-down garden are the Ventra, large fungus-like plants that grow like baskets off the bottom of the islands. If you need to camp out here for a while, Ventra are here to cradle you and your belongings for as long as you want to stay. And who knows, maybe a useful or interesting resource has found a safe home in this basket too. And that brings us to the end of the episode. These are just a few of my ideas about what an end update might look like, and I would love to hear yours. If you're enjoying the show, consider leaving a review and passing it along to a friend who might like it as well. You can follow me on Twitter at RebelJC underscore 92. And if you have any questions, comments, or just want to say hi, please message me at digstraightdowncast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I hope to see you in the next episode. Until then, keep digging straight down. Oh, 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 oh,